How's it going? Welcome to Above Board with Canderpath. I am the Rich B, and it is you and I today. My friends John and Matt are hard at work doing bigger and more important things than joining me for a podcast. No, actually, they're, they are busy working right now. I just wanted to check in with y'all and say hi, but more than that, I wanted to share something with you. I heard a story recently about the famous magician, Harry Houdini. So he was very well known back in his day and, and to like create hype because, you know, there was no Instagram, there was no social media back then. What he would do is whenever he was going to go into a town to do his show, he'd always show up to the town a little bit early and he'd go to the local jail and he'd, you know, get the press of course to be there. And he would tell the jailer to lock him in a cell. And then he'd have all the press there and they'd all be, you know, sitting there anxiously awaiting and the jailer would lock him in the cell. And then Houdini would get out of the cell. Happened over and over again. And this would create hype, you know, nothing can keep the famous Harry Houdini locked up. So before he was going to this one particular town, the jailer of that town knew that this was coming because he had heard the stories about what Harry Houdini did. So he decided he was going to try something a little bit different. So Houdini shows up to the jail shows up with all the press. He goes into the jail cell and he tells the jailer, hey, lock me in my cell, right? So the jailer does something different. He turns the key in the opposite direction. So not into the lock, but into the unlock and then removes the key. As many times as Houdini tried to pick that lock and get out of the cell, he couldn't do it. He finally gave up and admitted, I, I finally, I've, I've been, I can't do this. Like I, you got me. I, what, what, what's up? What kind of lock is this? And that's when the jailer confessed and the jailer told him, I actually did the opposite. You thought that the door was locked, but really it was unlocked. So in other words, Houdini believed a lie. He believed he was locked in a jail cell. So all of his actions, all of his magic, all of his stuff that he does to pick a lock was based on a lie. So he was doing everything the opposite because the door was already unlocked. Had he merely just turned the handle or whatever it was, he could have just pushed the door open. And man, I got to tell you something. When I heard that story in the context that I heard that story in, it was all about the fact that so often we trap ourselves by the lies that we believe. The lies that we've been told since we were children, you know, maybe the uh, you're not good at math lie or the you'll never be a good athlete lie or, you know, you're never going to find anyone to love you lie, all those things. And it might not even have happened when you were a child. Just a lot of that stuff does happen fairly young, you know, fairly early on in our lives when we're fairly young, where somebody tells us something and it just sits with us. You know, one of the things, and I've talked about this on other podcasts, I was often told that I was very bad at math and bad with money. That may be true. I mean, I, you know, there's some people that have an inclination or their brain is wired towards certain things. But you know, it was interesting when it came down to when it was really important, because I'm a nurse, I've, I've been a registered nurse for 31 years. When I was in nursing school, I had to do a very specific type of math called pharmacology math. Sounds intimidating, right? It is intimidating because if you mess pharmacology math up, people die. <laughs> you know, I mean, you make a mistake doing some like basic arithmetic and, and, you know, a test in class, it's not a big deal. But if you calculate a, a drip incorrectly and you give somebody the wrong dose of medication, you can cause great harm, maybe even death, right? So you take this stuff very seriously. Interesting, right? So I have to get into nursing school and I have to clip, I have to take a test 
to pass pharmacology math with a B or better to be able to start nursing school. Had a great preceptor, a great mentor named Jackie, and she worked with me for a while, several weeks to get me up to speed on this type of math, memorizing the formulas, doing practice drills. I had to get an 80 or better on this test. And as I recall, when I took the test, I got an 89. Okay. So I know that's not like a hundred, like I know y'all are expecting me to go, I got 103, but no, I did better than what I had to do because I had to do it. I had to get this right. But I did have that lie in the back of my brain saying, man, you're bad at math. You're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to be able to become a nurse. Here's the funny thing. I actually, during nursing school, became a pharmacology math tutor. (laughs) I would help the up and coming nursing students with their math. I would teach it to the newer nursing students. And you know why I think I was so good at mentoring and and precepting and, and coaching these nurses on pharmacology math? Because I understood what it felt like to believe that you weren't good at it. I understood what it felt like to believe a lie that this was too hard and I wasn't smart enough and I could never do this. I couldn't handle this. I'm not built for this. I don't have a math brain. You know, maybe not. Maybe I'm never going to work for Elon Musk and design spaceships or calculate the distance to a planet. And I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen. But I have to tell you that because I had the compassion and the empathy and the understanding of what it felt like to be intimidated by it, because it didn't come naturally to me, because I had to work so hard at it, I was good at teaching people. So think about the lies that we tell ourselves. Think about all of the things in your life, all of the stuff that you have decided is true about yourself, maybe even causes you to not like yourself very much. We don't really accept ourselves for who we are. You know, I mean, we all are trying to do that self-improvement thing. I know I certainly am, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve. But what if we started from a baseline of accepting ourselves for who we are and deciding that there's certain things in our life that we've believed to be lies? Think about what are the lies that you believe about yourself. I don't, I don't know what they might be. For me, it was math, believing that I could never do any kind of math. When I ended up kind of mastering a pretty difficult type of math, a lie you might believe about yourself is that you're not a fitness person. You're not fit. You can't exercise. You're not good at that stuff. Let me tell you something. I have literally never, ever been on any kind of team of any kind. Like I've never been on a baseball team. I've never played high school football. I've never done any of that stuff. So one could say that, you know, I, I, I'm not an athlete. And I was told very early on, you know, you're not athletic. You're not strong. You're not, you know, good at sports. You're never going to be good at sports. What was interesting was I was actually legally blind. <laughs> I, I guess now I'm not because I've had laser surgery done on my eyes, but I've always worn contacts and glasses pretty much from sixth grade on, but all the way through kindergarten through about sixth grade, I couldn't see. So somebody threw a baseball at me, it usually hit me in the face. Somebody threw a football at me, I couldn't catch it. If you passed me a basketball, I couldn't see the net. I didn't know that I couldn't see just back in those days. Nobody really realized it until one of my teachers noticed I was always sitting in the front of the class. Now, at first, the teacher probably thought that I was just a really good student, but the fact was I couldn't see the board, but I thought that was normal. Then I got my eyes tested. They realized I was legally blind. I got glasses and all of a sudden it became a little bit better at some of those things. But because of the fact that for so long, I hadn't done any of that stuff, you know, I didn't have that early training that you have to have, you know, there's kids that have been playing soccer since they were three. Right. But here's, what's funny is I'm, I'm pretty fit. 
I work out all the time. I exercise. I lift weights. I'm strong. I'm decent with martial arts. I'm decent at boxing. The fact of the matter is that I, for so long, believed a lie about myself. And while I never played any kind of sport, I realized that there's different ways of being athletic. There's different ways of, you know, being fit or, or, or expressing that. And for me, it might not be through a sport, but through me, it might be through working out, lifting weights, all that kind of stuff. That might be a lie you tell yourself, you know, oh, man, I'm, I'm never going to be fit. I'm never going to be healthy. I'm always going to be this weight, or I'm never going to be able to do a push up. And I think that sometimes we have to just kind of accept ourselves for where we are and just go, okay. So I've believed that lie for this amount of time, but I no longer want to believe that lie. Now there could be a truth, right? You could be five foot four and be 70 years old. You probably are not going to get signed to an NBA team. Okay. That's the truth. Right? I get that. But maybe if you are five foot four and 70 years old and you've told yourself a lie that you can't get healthier than you are right now, that might be a lie. You, you might actually be able to do that. Let's just start with that. Maybe you've told yourself a lie that you can't get fit. You can't get healthy. You can't do that stuff. You're not an exerciser. You know, we always say these things like, I am not a, right? Like I am not a athlete. I am not a smart person. I am not good looking. And you know, whatever that is, you, that's a lie. You could tell yourself that, but what is good looking, right? To one person, good looking, somebody that's a nine or a 10 to one person might be a four or five to another person. You might like a very tall, skinny person. Another person might like someone who's a little bit shorter. You know, somebody might like somebody who's rounder. Somebody might like somebody who's thin. Somebody might love muscles. Somebody might hate muscles. So it's funny, these lies that we tell ourselves, like if I compare myself to Brad Pitt, you know, if you think Brad Pitt's gorgeous, then of course, you know, I'm, I mean, if I compare myself to, oh, wow, I think Brad Pitt's gorgeous, then I, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, I'm not a good looking person, but maybe somebody might think I'm cute. You know, maybe somebody like, might like a 50 something year old bald dude, right? So it's, it's these lies that we tell ourselves. We, we, I've met people who maybe to me, I might like not think they're super attractive, right? just in my opinion, but man, the way they carry themselves and their confidence, they always end up with these beautiful partners and in great relationships. And you know what? Because they believe something about themselves. They don't believe the lie that quote, they're not good looking. I know this is kind of maybe a little bit you know weird to talk about, but are you telling yourself a lie? Are you telling yourself a lie that I can't be successful or I, I can't make this amount of money? What is the differentiator between somebody that achieves certain things and someone who doesn't? Sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it's what they believe to be true. If you, if you believed in your heart of hearts that you were going to be a very successful entrepreneur, if you believed in your heart of hearts that you were going to make, you know, I don't know, $1.4 million a year, if you believe that and that became your reality, that you saw yourself that way, you believed it. You talk to yourself that way. Those are the conversations that you had. All of your actions took you in that direction. It's probably going to happen. I mean, most likely. I, I mean, there are people who could be delusional, right? I mean, like I said, the example of like the 70 year old person who's five foot four might be like, I believe I'm going to be in the NBA someday. Well, they might. They might be in the NBA as a volunteer bringing people to their seats in the stadium, right? But either way, I, I think there's a certain degree of reality. You know, we, if, if we're, if we're dwelling within the world of reality, what, what are you telling yourself? That's a lie that you want to kind of change. So start with fitness or how much money you're making or going back to school to become a nurse or going to law school or getting your MBA. What are the lies that you're telling yourself? You know, when you think about it, it's so much like the magician. We put ourselves in this cell, the door's closed. We're telling ourselves a lie that it's locked. So we try and try and try, but we take all the wrong 
actions to get out of the cell. If you're telling yourself a lie about yourself, then you're going to take the wrong actions to be able to remedy that. You're going to go in the wrong direction. If you believe the door is locked and you're trying to unlock it when it's actually unlocked already, you're going to keep unlocking the door and staying stuck, right? So pick something. What What's something that you right now as you're listening to this, you know that this is something that you're really hard on yourself about and that quite possibly could be a lie. What is it? I mean, think about it right now as you're driving, as you're listening to this. What's something that you've been told from the time you were a little kid? Somebody who didn't support you. Maybe you didn't have a great parent or maybe you were bullied. Maybe you were made fun of. Maybe you had a significant other who really just made you feel horrible about yourself. And you started to tell yourself certain things. What are the things you say about yourself that start with I am a, you know, I am a stupid person. I am an unattractive person. I am a unfit person, whatever. These things that you tell yourself, or I am bad at athletics, or I am bad at math, whatever. What are the things that you say about yourself that start that way? Think about them. Now, a couple of them might be true. I am a bald man. <laughs> that is true. Now, if I went and got hair transplants, that would no longer be true. If I, if I put a wig on, I guess I still would be bald, but I wouldn't look bald, right? But if I had hair transplants and they were actually like embedded into my scalp and hair sprouted out of my head, then I guess I would no longer be a bald man, right? But right now that that's a truth for me. But maybe I tell myself certain lies. Maybe you tell yourself certain lies. You know, one thing that I struggled with for a long time is I didn't believe that I would be a good father. That's just, you know, the way that I was raised and, and you know, played a little miniature violin, you know, but there were some tough things that happened to me when I was a kid. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'm, I am not going to be a good dad. I am not a father type person. I am not a future dad. Like these are the things I used to say to myself. And I kind of envisioned sometimes a life for myself where I would have no children. I wasn't sure if I want to get married or not, but I thought, you know, I'm going to get married, but I, I am not going to be a good dad. And I, I've got to tell you something. If, if there was one thing that you asked me, what are you most proud of? I would tell you that I am proud of the father that I am. And that's hard for me to say because I'm very hard on myself. And, and that's something that I've, I'm working on right now. I, I could say this. I am a person that is hard on myself. That is a truth. Um, and one of the lies that I used to tell myself was that I would not be a good father. And I made the decision that I could change that story. And the reason why I wanted to change that story is because so many things happened in my life that weren't so great. And I wanted to fix them. I, I, I wanted to be able to right that wrong, or if you will, break that history, break that chain. So I've got three kids, um, an almost 25-year-old, an almost 14-year-old, and an almost nine-year-old, right? So let's say 25, 14, and nine. So I know wide ages, right? I would feel very confident that if you met either of my sons or my daughter, that you would think they were great kids. I would feel very confident that you would think they were polite, that they were smart, that they were fun, that they were kind, that they were decent people. And certainly I give credit to the moms of these, of these kids. My oldest son is from my ex and she, she was a great mom. And my other two kids, great mom, my, my wife, Dawn, an amazing mom. But I would tell you that a lot of it also has to do with me. And here I was for most of my life. And I would say probably all the way till I was probably in my like late teens, early 20. 
like I, I say early 20, probably about like 21, 22, because I got married when I was about 23, probably around 20, 21, that, that story started to change in my head. I started seeing people who had kids and, you know, had, had some nephews. So I had the, the experience of being able to be with, with them and, and, and see how I interacted with them. And I became a pediatric nurse. That was my first job at a nursing school was pediatric oncology. I took care of children with cancer. And I saw what it felt like in my heart. I saw how I felt towards these kids that weren't even my own, how much I cared about them and how much seeing them do well meant to me. And I remember when I had my son and that experience and already knowing all the 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 technical parts of the parenting, right? Because a lot of dads are intimidated by the diaper changing, the bottle feeding, the burping, all the all the technical stuff. I was great at that because that's what I did at work. I was I was a master at that, right? But it was having the opportunity to go, hey, you know, no one ever encouraged me. No one ever shared quotes with me when I was a kid. No one ever spoke over me in such a way that like you can do this and I believe in you. And and I got to do that, you know, with with all of my kids. That was a lie that I told myself for the longest time. And now I stand in the truth that I'm a good dad. I'm proud of it. And I'd feel like if you ever met any of my kids and said, hey, is he a good dad? If I wasn't around, I think they'd still tell you yes. <laughs> and even some of my friends say, hey, man, you, you're a good dad. And and there's there's better, there's worse. I'm not the best in the world. But that was a lie that I told myself for a long time. That was a cell that I put myself in and believe, oh, you know, I'm never going to be good because I didn't have a good experience because, you know, I didn't, I wasn't parented in a certain way because I didn't learn these certain rules. There's no way that I could be a good dad. Just because stuff has happened to you doesn't mean you're going to be bad at it. Maybe quite the opposite. So remember my math example, I was always quote unquote bad at math, struggled with math, always had a hard time with it. So guess what? When I would coach or tutor people that struggled with math, I understood that the worst tutors I have ever had, no offense to those of you who tutor, but this is some, maybe some advice. The worst tutors I have ever had in my life were people that were naturally very good at the thing they were tutoring. That's just been my personal experience. So somebody who's always gotten A's in math, somebody who's, you know, always understood it. They were, they skipped a grade because they were so good at math. They would look at me when I couldn't understand basic pre-algebra and they were like, dude, why can't you get this? Because for them, it came so naturally. But see, when you grabbed someone like me who struggled most of their life with math, but finally figured it out, when I'm sitting across from somebody who's struggling with math, I'm looking at them like, sister, brother. I get it. I understand why you're freaked out, but all you have to do is this, or think about the formula this way, or this is something that I did that helped me understand it. And the line outside of my room, because when we would, when we would do this, like tutoring, we, we had these rooms and we had tutoring hours. The line outside my room, I kid you not, was four times the size of the lines out of the other tutors. I, I everyone wanted me to tutor them with math. And it wasn't because I was the cutest tutor. I could promise you that it was because the word got around, like he gets it. He, he doesn't speak down to you. He doesn't, you know, look at you like what's wrong with you. So my point is that thing that you've struggled with, where you told yourself that lie, once you start to unravel that lie and start to tell yourself a truth, then all of a sudden that becomes your superpower. You understand that so well, you understand what not understanding that feels like you understand what struggling with that feels like. So you're the best person to teach it to somebody else. The thing that you've struggled with, the thing that was hard for you to do, the, the negative experience that you had, the difficulties that you had, the trauma that you've gone through. Yeah, even that. And I, I can speak to that for sure. 
you understand that so well for another person. Why do you think in recovery, for those of you that are in recovery, um, recovering alcoholics or, or you know drug addiction, dealing with any of that kind of stuff, why are so many of the experts and the people in in the recovery world, so many of the of them are actually recovering alcoholics, you know, addicts, et cetera, et cetera. And I know the terminology changes, so I apologize if I'm using older terminology, but because they understand, because sometimes it takes somebody who's been through it to be able to speak to somebody else that's going through it. So maybe some of those lies that you're telling yourself, once you start to tell yourself something different, once maybe you start to explore that and say, hey man, I've been telling myself this lie. You know, somebody who's been able to lose a hundred pounds and get into great shape, they're the person that can sit across from somebody who's really struggling with weight loss and say, I get it. Like, I know what it feels like to hold on to food as your happy place. I get what it feels like when you're stressed out to want to, you know, run out and get three cheeseburgers. Like, I understand that. They're going to understand it much more than somebody who's just naturally had a fast metabolism and has always been in shape and is the kind of person that could eat a cheesecake and lose two pounds, right? Because they've been through that struggle. And when you've been through that struggle or when you've been through that difficulty, you're the best person to help somebody else coming through that. So I I really wanted just to spend this time with you to think about the lies that you tell yourself. Think about them. I already asked you to do it four or five times. That's why I keep on saying it because other than just listening to the, the beautiful tones of my voice, what good is this if you don't put this into action? So after you're done with this podcast, I want you to grab a pen and a paper, sit down with your laptop or, or get your notes section on your phone and just ask yourself a question. What are the lies that I am telling myself? Just sit with that. Ask yourself, just write it down. What are the lies that I'm telling myself? And sit there. If it has to be a minute, five minutes, if it has to be 30 minutes, if you can do it, what comes up? And then just start writing. You know, this is the lie that I'm telling myself. This is what I tell myself. This is a lie. You know, people have told me this, but it's not true. And then I want you to start thinking about how can you start telling yourself a different story? If the lie has been, I can't lose weight, how can you start losing the weight? If the lie has been, I can't do push-ups, how can you start to get to the point you can do push-ups? If the lie is, I'll never make enough money to feel comfortable, then what do you have to change in your life? What movements do you have to make? What exercises do you have to undertake? What do you have to learn? What do you have to read? Who do you have to talk to to be able to undo that? Start thinking about how you can start telling yourself maybe some different stories. Well, I just want to thank you so much for spending this time with me. I want to thank you for being part of Above Board with Candor Path. And uh, I just got to let you know, start telling yourself some, some different stuff. Don't you lie. Don't you lie. Start telling the truth. Thanks for being here. Please like, please share, and please come back again. Take care.